I tell you what. Let me tell you, our, our media folks, the majority of them are volunteer. And when this stuff goes haywire, it's not like they're pros. They are doing the best they can. Bless your heart. I don't know what's going on with these lights. <laughs> and just bless your heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. At the soundboard, well, that guy is a pro. <laughs> but it doesn't mean because he knows what he's doing that that board is going to agree. I tell you, I tell you this, let's make this our commitment. That regardless of when, I, when we go to look at the screen here in a minute uh, to read the scripture, if it's got the words to the national anthem, <laughs> we're just going to go with it. And, you know, and if we suddenly go in the dark and sound turns off, well, we'll just keep singing like we did two passion plays ago. Remember that? We'll just, we're just, we're going to praise God. We're going to worship Him. We're going to make much of who He is and the truth of His Word. Amen? Amen. All right, well, my name's Derek, and that's all I have to say today. No, I'm... It is my pleasure to get to speak to you today from God's Word. Um... Hopefully a refocusing of where we are and where we're going as we're going for the next couple of weeks. But I want to make you aware of a ministry opportunity this afternoon. Uh, tomorrow is a really big day in the lives of so many in our county as we begin school again. Uh, teachers, have been, teachers have been working for a couple of weeks um, trying to get ready, and they're ready. They're not worried about this at all. <laughs> Bless their hearts, right? And uh, I know the, the school nurses, uh, they've hired more nurses uh, to try to be ready. And uh, so we're just, wow. And custodians and cleaning staff, the cleaning staff, wow. Uh, please be lifting them up in prayer. And our kids as they come back. And parents as they are just trying to figure this out. And those parents who've decided well, we're just going to keep our home and do distance learning via um, you know, uh, technology. Uh, they're, they're bankers and bakers and candlestick makers. <laughs> they're not teachers, right? They're just doing the best they can. We're all just doing the best we can with a situation we just don't know a whole lot about. And the more we talk about it, the more we find out we don't know much about it. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But anyway, today at 4 o'clock on all five of our campuses, that's uh, primary, elementary, middle, and high school, and Woody Gap. If you are feeling led to go to one of those places, just gather outside the offices of those schools. And we're going to try to have people placed there. And we're just going to pray. Just going to pray for tomorrow. Pray for schools. Pray for those who are making decisions about schools. And just pray for just God to be glorified and in this. Alright? So um, that's it. Four o'clock on those school campuses. You go and you be there today. Alright? Well, our going... Recently has been, here's, I like to use this good old Alabama word every now and then, 
Our going has been catawampus. It has changed. How we go, where we go, when we go, how long we go, what we do, how far we can stand from one another, whether or not we... That's just all been changed. Our going has been interrupted. You know, this time of year, this summer time of year, is a time where a lot of people set aside uh, to go and get some time away, to go get some relaxation, to go on a vacation, and all of that's changed. And, pe- and some people go anyway, and some people don't. You know, there are couples, uh, young brides, who've been dreaming their whole entire lives about what their wedding is going to look like and what it's going to be like, and this is what they get to get married in. You know, you know April to August... A lot of weddings and a lot of tears and a lot of crying over that. Now, there are these grooms that all in the world they want to do is make the bride happy on this day. And she's just not going to be happy. It's best, well, she's going to do the best she can. And, you know, I'm speaking, and and they do it with grace, but it's just not what they thought. Look, I've I've been a victim. I mean, I've been a part of one of those kinds of weddings. This, su- this summer, my son Chance married uh, his, the love of his life, Lauren, my new daughter in love. And it was gorgeous. It was magical. It really was. But it wasn't what, just, it was different. It was a little weird. And that's where we are. Our going is different. Our moving about. We have to think about, you know, yesterday, I'm, I'm trying to put together a new closet system for my wife, Okay. Um, and uh, if you do a project with me, you understand there's going to be there's going to be three knuckles that are going to get skint, and you're going to have to make multiple trips to the hardware store for things that were not included or things that you broke in the process and had to fix and da 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 da. So you know, but you, and you and I I live a short distance from a hardware store. And it's, I can't just go run in the car and go anymore. Right? I've got to make, okay, do I have my mask? Do I have my sanitizer? This store, and you know, most stores require you to have a mask on before you go in. You can't just go. Our going is interrupted. We can't touch any one another. You know, I'm getting sick and tired of elbow bumps and fist pumps, pumps, bumps. I want to hug somebody's neck. I want to shake hands. I want to hug. I want to hug more than I want to shake hands. Anybody feeling me here? Not literally, but yes. I'm tired of all this. I love, I love Matthew who tries to add a little humor whenever he can. He calls it Aunt Rona. <laughs> that aunt you didn't want to come visit but came on anyway. Aunt Rona and Uncle COVID. You know, we've never experienced something like this in our lives. And we're just trying to figure it out. We just don't have many answers. And it's only exasperated by this being an election year. 
I just quit watching the news. Good night. I've never, if, there, if there's something I'm more over than COVID-19, it's the talking heads. I, be, I better get out from behind God's Word. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You, one, side, it, one side says everything's bunny rabbits and butterflies. We got this. And the other side is like, we're going to hell! And it's the other side's fault. And I'm just tired of it. All of this that we're dealing with, all of this we're going through, is a perfect formula for uncertainty and confusion. Perfect. But today, and for the next couple of weeks, can we just be focused on what hasn't changed? Can we just be focused on something that is clear and something that is certain? Can we just do that? Anybody want to do that? Let's do that. Would you read with me the national anthem? <laughs> Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Verse 18 through 20. As I say those, that scripture reference, you're, some of you are going to already know that that's the Great Commission. Alright? Hadn't changed. And hopefully today as we talk about it, it's going to be, become more, more clear to you than ever. Okay? Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and through 20. And Jesus came and said to them. Now, let me just put this in context for those of you who don't know what's going on here. Jesus has been crucified, buried, and resurrected. Come on, somebody. All right? And then he walked among us. And we just finished that um, sermon series on Surprised by Faith, right? The post-resurrection appearances of Christ. Well, this is right at the end. His last time being with the disciples before He went up to heaven. And now where He is, seated at the right hand of the Father, and He asks every day, God, Father, can I go get them today? Yeah. That's where Jesus is. But right here He's saying, as He's getting ready to go, He says, and Jesus came to me and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then He says, now listen, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you know, do you know why Pastor Fred and I and others, pastors you've seen, when we baptize, we say, now I baptize you, my brother or sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's because Jesus said so. And we just believe we ought to do what Jesus said. Alright? And then teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Something that hasn't changed is how we're to be going. Is how we're to be going. Let's pray. Father, we love you. 
We love your word. We love the truth of it. And that the truth of your word never changes. Whether it's read in German or Spanish or Portuguese or English or any of the 108 languages that the Gideons have translated it to and pass all over the world. We thank you, God. We thank you for the missionaries who speak these languages. We thank you for the Christians of all, and of all cultures who speak these languages. The truth of your word never changes. And so that should be guiding how we go. So let that be clear to us today, Lord, as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, bear with me for a second. There's a little bit of a grammar lesson coming here. I apologize. But not really. All right. So, in our translation in English, the... If you were to look at the, these uh, 18, 19, 20, look at these, uh, the focal part of this uh, scripture, you would pick out the verbs as go and make. Right? The other, other words that end with ing sort of define the going and making. Right? Go and make, baptizing, teaching, da 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 da. Okay? All right. In the original language, it's not like that. There's one word. It's disciple. That's the verb. See, that's a word in our English language, disciple, that can be a noun or a verb. Here in this original language, the idea is that Jesus was saying was like, well, that Jesus was saying, disciple. And then he says, disciple, as you're going, as you're baptizing, and as you're teaching. This is the truth that has not changed. No matter what's going on in our world, no matter who's trying to get elected, no matter what the protests are in the streets, no matter what the pandemic is, and, and let's just bring it home, no matter what the calamity is in your life, no, no matter what the problems that you're facing in your world, not just on a global or on a national, but right here at your house, at your address, no matter what's going on in your life, this is the truth that doesn't change. And in spite of all of that, Jesus said, disciple. Disciple as you're going, disciple as you're baptizing, and disciple as you're teaching. And we're going to talk about that today. Alright, so those are, your, those are our questions we're going to ask today. We're going to ask, what is it? Number one, we're going to ask, what does it mean to make disciples? What does it mean to make disciples? And this is where we... This is the... Of all the verses in Scripture, this is the one that we've chosen to sort of focuses right here on what it means to make disciples. It's Luke 9, 23. Luke 9, 23. 
It says this. And Jesus, he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. If anyone, if any man, any woman, any boy or girl would come after me, one, he's got to deny himself. Two, he's got to take up his cross every day and follow me. What does that mean? That, to make a disciple. If we're going to break that verse down, we're going to talk about it like this. If you want to be a disciple, if you want to make a disciple, be a disciple or a discipler, one, you've got to deny yourself. What does that mean? It means that you've got to realize that it is not about you. It's not. It's so not about you. And it's not about me. And it's not about your political affiliation. It's not about who your family is. It's not about where you go to church. It's not about what team you group for. It's not about you. It's not about me. It is all about God. The one who created you. The one who formed you. The one who took the dust from the world that he made and formed a man. Then took a rib from his side and formed a woman. Ish and Isha. The, the one who did that. It's all about him. It's, it's him. The one who, the universe fits in the span of his hand. It's him. And if you make it about you, then you're, you're worshiping a teeny, tiny, infinitesimal God. A God of your creating. And that God is weak. And will break down over time. No matter how many resources you throw at it. But the God of all creation is, I am. The uncreated one. And it is all about Him. So Jesus said to all, said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. First step in being a disciple. Number two, take, one, take up your cross daily. What does that mean? Die to yourself. You've got to deny yourself you got to die to yourself. And when you die to yourself, you realize you have a new identity. It's no longer you that live. It's Christ who lives. Maybe that reminds you of a verse. You no longer live, but Christ lives in your place. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ it is, it, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So it's not about me. And I don't even exist anymore. It's Christ. Do we really live like? Do we really live like for me to live is Christ and to die is gain? Do we really? Do I really? I've got to ask, wow. 
That's the reason why it's daily. I've got to have a daily reminder. It's not only is it not about me, but it is all Jesus in my place. So you've got to deny myself, take up my cross daily, and then follow me. What does that mean? You've got to deny yourself, die to yourself, leave yourself behind. My pursuit, my lifelong pursuit should be of Jesus. Jesus. Well, what about my job? Nope, Jesus. Your job, your career, it just funds your ministry. So, so you deny yourself, you die to yourself, and you leave yourself behind. What does it mean to be a disciple? It's that. We must be a part of allowing Holy Spirit to do this in us. It doesn't happen like that. Just like that. You don't wake up one morning and go, I'm a disciple. I made it. This is not a race. This is not a course to complete. This is a lifelong pursuit. And it's not done until you get to heaven. That's what being a, that is what we must submit to in our lives to be a disciple of Christ. And we must allow Holy Spirit then to use us to do this in others. When you get that, when we get that and wrap our heads around that, listen, then we will see our circumstances differently. This present circumstance this present trouble God how are you going to use this to bring yourself glory you're going to give me a story from this that I can share with someone and lead them to Christ I know it because that's you how you do God do we see life like that I tell you it's not easy I've been there I've been in dark hard places or I didn't think I could go anymore. But I just did. And when you get to the other side of that, and you see how God shows instead of plucking you out of your circumstances, but instead to walk with you through them, when you get to that other side, then you can say, I see now. I see. And thank you for the valley. Thank you for the pit. Thank you for what you did in me in that place. So what does it mean to make disciples? Deny yourself, die to yourself, leave yourself behind. Question number two. So how do we do that? How, as we're going, how do we do that as we're, as we're making disciples? How do we do that as we're going? Well, I just want to remind you of a little thing. Uh, you're probably going to get mad when you see it, but too bad. It is our spear. Check this out. This is how you do that as we're going. You remember the point of our spear is reaching people for Christ. And right now in our culture, we, the head of the spear is reaching families with children still at home because we understand the dynamic of our culture. And if someone doesn't accept Christ by the age of 21, the, the likelihood that they do, the percentage goes down. 
So we have to keep that in mind as we are going. As we're, we're making disciples, as we're going. All right, we understand that. And that, 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 and that the head of the spear sits on a shaft. And what is that shaft? That shaft is having your, the things that carry that, that vision of reaching people for Christ. It's having an awareness of those around us. Having your antenna, your antenna up and your eyes open and your ears open to the lost around you. We, we, that, that our prayer would be, God, show me who they are. Give me a divine appointment. God, equip me, God, for gospel conversations. Help, help me find those things that I can use to share the gospel, whether it's an app on my phone or a track or the, or the Roman road in the book of Romans, all these tools to share the gospel. God, break my heart for them. Give me a desire to pray for the lost and to pray for you to show me the lost. And then, then God, awaken my story inside of me of how I met you. Give me a passion to tell people. And remind me that my story is always changing because my circumstances don't stay the same. Give me opportunities to do that. And lead my church and me into partnership with sharing the gospel to a world that desperately needs it. How do we do that as we're going? There it is. And we have to remember we have to remember that the binding that holds the head of the spear to the shaft is moving from theory to action. We can't just talk about it. we got to do it. So how do, we, how do we make disciples as we're going? You've got to understand this process Question, so that's question two. How do we do that as we're going? Question three. How do we do that as we're baptizing? How do we do that as we're baptizing? What, what does that mean? Well, let me, we have to understand that we are discipling, as disciples, we're discipling people who are lost to the cross. To Jesus with the gospel. It has to be so much more than just inviting people to church. Well, if I'm just, you gotta share, you, you gotta be praying for God, uh, God's Holy Spirit to show you where to share your testimony, to be that intentional about it. We are discipling people to the cross. And, and from that cross, when they get to the cross and they receive the gospel and their lives are changed forever. Baptism follows. We understand that we, when we baptize, we baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Look with me at this scripture reference. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Paul says this, We were buried therefore with 
him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What we, when, we baptize, when we disciple people as we're baptizing, they realize their new identity in Christ. That that old has died. That's what going under the water represents. It represents a burial to your old self. And then when you come out of the water, it's a resurrection into a new life. That your old is gone. Not just the bad stuff is gone, but everything that you are is gone. And what comes up is now Jesus. We're baptizing people. We're discipling them to that bapt with as we're baptizing to the realization that they are new. It's you see the process that we have to go through in understanding what a disciple is, is then what we go and do. So how what, what does it mean to make disciples? What does it mean? To make disciples as we're going. You know, how do we do that as we're going? How do we do that as we're baptizing? And finally, how do we do this as we're teaching? We use a, I've come to just love this idea of what discipleship is. This explanation of it. It's a year-long journey. It uh, begins with a disciple's cross. What is the disciple? When, in Luke 9.23 it says, If any man would come after me, it's deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What is the cross? Well, the, the cross that you're taking up daily is dying to yourself. In order for you to be replaced with who God is, with Jesus, there's a process. It begins with abiding in Christ. With understanding who He is. Abiding in Christ for me is understanding that Jesus is the breath in my lungs. That's how necessary, vital, He is the breath in my lungs. Abiding in Christ then leads to living in the Word. This abiding, when you get to know who He is, you want to know more about Him. And so you go to His Word and you fall deeper and deeper in love and when His thoughts become your thoughts and His words become your words, your prayers reflect that. You begin to pray in faith. And this makes a vertical relationship that is abiding in Christ, living in His Word, and praying in faith. And when we get that relationship right, <clears throat> then we can get the relationship right with the world. Once we have that relationship right, then we begin our fellowship with believers. And we have to do that first. We have to get how we love each other right first. Or if not, why in the world would a lost world want to come join a group of folks who says they're Christians but just talks about one another? Backstabs, lies, when they think, they think one thing goes wrong in their church and they can just leave. I don't like the way the preacher preaches, so I'm leaving. I don't like that style of music, so I'm leaving. I'm going to, better yet, I'm going to stay, but I'm not going to tithe. 
Why would a lost world want to be a part of that? They're treated better by lost people. We have to get that right. And we can't get that right if we don't have this right. We fellowship. And Jesus said, a new command I give you. That you love one another. Just as I've loved you, so shall you love one another. And this is how they will know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. And you don't just discard your church when you don't like it. Shame on us. Shame on me. We have to get that right. Then we can witness to a lost world. When we get that right, then we become the aroma of Christ. Like fresh bread, bacon in an oven. Woo, who don't like that? Draws people to. And then you find your way of serving the world. That's taking up the cross, but it's not easy. It's not easy. See, all that you are, you're created. There's a war going on inside for you. That's what it is. But let me tell you, and where Satan wants to stop you in this process is you're abiding with Christ. He's going to... All, all this stuff that we take in from the world with our sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch, all our senses, we've got to, we've got to process that information. And you can process it through the Spirit in a way that glorifies God, or you can process it through the flesh in a way that glorifies the world. And what helps you make that choice is what separates us from every other created thing. It's the eternal part of us. It's our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. Those things that God gave us to process all that information. And you can either process that in a way through the Holy Spirit, that glorifies God, or through your flesh, that glorifies the world. That's the battle. How do you win that battle? With the helmet of salvation, and the breastplate of righteousness, and the belt of truth, and the shoes shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And you stand behind the shield of faith, and you hold the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and your battle plan is to pray. When you do that, you will be victorious in that battle for you as you're seeking to cake up your cross. Once you get this process down, you'll learn what your mission is. Your mission is to be a disciple and to make disciples. That's what we're to be doing. We're to be making disciples as we're going, as we're baptizing, and as we're teaching. Let's focus today on our going. On what hasn't changed. Something that's clear and something that's certain. Let's work.